0: Before we begin, we want to give a quick shout-out to new Patreon subscriber Mark Dowling. If you want to see how you can support the show and get rewarded with more bloody goodies, make sure to check out patreon.com slash bedisgustingpod. First call. Hey, John. Hey, Xena. Hey, Megan. With uh, the country finally getting vaccinations going for everybody and movie theaters starting to open back up, I was just curious, when you feel safe going back to a movie theater, What is the first movie you'd want to see? New movie that hasn't been released or one of your old favorites? Uh, Mine would be the new upcoming Ghostbusters movie. Uh, That was my favorite movie, the Bill Murray, Ivan Reitman, Dan Aykroyd version from when I was a kid. And I cannot wait to see what Jason Reitman has done with the franchise. I'm curious on your guys' picks. Keep up the great work with the podcast. Talk to you later. Thanks, caller. Uh, Zena, why don't you go first? What movie are you really looking forward to seeing in the theaters, or old movie that you want to see in the theaters?
1: Man, I feel like those could be like two separate questions. So just to keep it short, though, I'm gonna go with like new movies. <laughs> of course, I want to see Candyman; like yeah. it's gonna be epic. And uh, we kind of we kind of touched on this, but I'm really looking forward to checking out Egger's Edgar, rights uh, last night in Soho. Yeah, I'm really excited about oh, that yeah. one, as well as Dark Harvest.
0: Is there even anything out about what Last Night in Soho is about?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's basically about this young girl who is passionate about fashion design. And then um, somehow she's able to enter the 1960s, and then she meets her idol, and then she goes oh. to the 1960s London, and it's not what it seems, and there's like a shady past, shady mm-hmm. stuff going on. And Anya Taylor-Joy is in it, along with some other talented people, but... I
2: love
0: her, so. Awesome. That's a good pick. How about you, Megan?
2: I mean, obviously, (laughs) (laughs) Candyman.
0: For those of you who cannot see us in in our booths right now, Megan is wearing a Candyman shirt.
2: Yeah, Naya DaCosta's (laughs) Candyman shirt. Specifically. uh, So calling Andrew Lassane out again because he needs to reprint these. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh my gosh okay
1: but wait you know what i realized and what? it's just i'm sorry for interrupting okay okay you and john are both wearing cool shirts i'm wearing this dusty shirt that just says believe in your dreams no yeah, I
2: yes go. there's nothing I want wrong, to wrong with change. that you all okay Zena.
0: to be fair <laughs> You are stylish like yeah. 23-7. Yeah. This is my one time to shine in one episode <laughs> after months and months and months.
2: Yes. His cocaine oh, okay. bear t-shirt. Yeah.
0: It's sorry. all I've got. Yeah.
2: You're What's always on? on point. Shine up. Yeah. You're always on point. So it's okay, queen. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Megan. Please continue.
0: I, I will dress down next time. What <laughs> <tails> at most. <laughs>
2: even entail like a holy raggedy shirt or no shirt at all
0: i think it's just a good thing this is a podcast and not a video cast.
2: <laughs> yeah but we look at you
0: <laughs> exactly better two people than than everyone else
2: oh that bodes well for um, live events right
0: exactly god i forgot what we were talking about oh, oh yeah we were talking about uh, movies, movies
2: we're yeah so obviously i am jazzed for candy man i don't know i'm pretty excited for like Just about any theatrically released horror, as soon as I can get vaccinated fully, uh, I just, I really miss the theater going experience. So, yeah, Candyman, but all of them, I'm going to go with all of them. (laughs) Yes, that's the
1: right answer.
0: Yeah, Candyman. I'm definitely excited for kind of in any medium. It doesn't necessarily need to be the theater for me, just because I'm so used to just watching movies at home anyway, even pre-COVID. Yeah. Uh, the one that I'd really like to see in the theater though is I still want to see Spiral, the new yeah. Saw movie, just because of my history of seeing all but the all but Jigsaw in the theaters. Like that's just that, and that's just more just something that that's a little something for me. That sounds um, good. Or I would love, and I was just thinking about this because it's something else tangentially. Like like if there was some like little like art house or boutique style theater, I would love to see like an original print of like Evil Dead 2. Ah. And that's specifically because I treated myself to a very early birthday present uh, this week. And I, I got a pen that was made out of wood that's refurbished from the original cabin in the Evil Dead 2 house.
2: Whoa. Nice. Did Was it yeah. something that they had or you had the wood and had it commissioned into?
0: No. So I recently, a <laughs> strange sidetrack into my life. I recently became fascinated by pens. Don't ask why, not important. <laughs> and I posted on Instagram looking just for some recommendations. And one of my Instagram followers said, hey, I make pens, check them out. And I'm like, great. I like supporting people's businesses Etsy pages or whatever when I can yeah and I pulled it up and he had some just really beautiful pens and then one of them I was scrolling and it said evil dead 2 pen I'm like what Aww. what's that and it was certificate of authenticity all that stuff but it was wood reclaimed like someone has like a reclamation business where they get wood from like the orca from jaws like stuff like that, and like they'll sell the pieces off bit by bit. And this was one of the pieces that the man t- turned into a pen. He's, if you're interested, he's got beautiful work. He's at Northman Woodworks on Ooh. Instagram. I posted the pen on Instagram on my at Creepy Pod page. Check it out, beautiful yes. pen. I love it. I'm very very happy that I splurged, and I do not get a birthday present now because of it. Aww. But it's worth it.
2: Yeah, uh, that's so yeah, awesome.
0: Evil Dead Two because I love Evil Dead Two. Cool. Okay. Next question. This one come, came in via Instagram from Paloma Blanca 0 asking if there are any horror movies that we feel have traumatized us. Megan, you go first.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure. I have watched Irreversible promptly one time, and I don't know that I really need to watch that one again. Mm-hmm. It's uh, not saying it's terrible, but boy, is it a tough tough watch <laughs> so if you don't know what that one is it's essentially a night of awful awful trauma played in reverse well out of order so um i'm trying to remember the director's name and, and i it's the same guy who did climax
0: oh is, yeah yeah um, so i know what you're talking about
2: super disturbing climax is disturbing but at least you mm-hmm. know That one's not as, like, graphic. There's a sexual assault that goes on forever, and it is brutal, and there's other violence that occurs. Um, Yeah, so that one I probably do not ever feel the urge to rewatch. Yeah, so, I don't know. I think a lot of times you get kind of prepared when you Mm -hmm. know, like, there's a reputation that builds. And once you kind of get used to that reputation, then things don't seem so bad. if that makes sense. So like, I can't really think of other movies where it's like, I'm, you know, traumatized. Like there's a lot of sick shit (laughs) out there. (laughs) Uh, There's a lot of extreme cinema, but I don't know. I feel like something like, it's hard to say something definitively traumatized me. There are things that are Mm -hmm. hard to watch, like that. I don't feel like rewatching irreversible being at the top of the list, but none that I think that I was, you know, I need to recover. If I don't know, Xena, John, you got any that have traumatized you? Um,
1: yes, but I think it's more of like scenes. But, but one that yeah. immediately came to mind, yeah, um, Ari Astor's uh short movie, The Strange Things About the Johnsons, that movie mm. just I, I only watched it one time, and that's uh, it was probably like 2012 or 2013. And that was enough for me. Um, I won't even say what happens in it, but it's very, it's very strange. It it is like, it's different from his other movies, uh, the ones that we've seen recently. So that's just one that just makes me feel uncomfortable. And we kind of touched on Megan is missing, but Megan is missing, uh, especially because those last few minutes. Um, But then you also have kind of like those, um, sometimes there can be like something that's so brutal. You know, uh, it could be an attack on someone um, like, okay, with this, uh, the Hong Kong slasher. Um, mm-hmm. Dang it. I forgot the title. <laughs> what is happening? Oh, are
0: you thinking, of, uh, is it Ichiro the D- Killer? Dreamhouse. Um, or...
1: Dreamhouse. It's Dreamhouse. Dreamhouse. Dream House. Um, mm-hmm. th- because there's a particular scene where it's just kind of like, you know, something yeah. happens to a pregnant woman yeah and we see and it's very graphic you know true so it, it's stuff like that not but saying it's, it's not it's a bad movie it's just <laughs> you know those
2: particular scenes but i almost can like chalk that up to just like cringe moment you know like mm. it It. it's a nightmarish imagery it makes you cringe like you viscerally feel it but that's not necessarily traumatic i don't like know old boy it's like it's like
0: the realization in old boy where you're like, oh, oh yeah, no, yeah. but you can kind of move on. Yeah, so. yeah.
2: like you, you'll <laughs> think of it. It sticks in your brain. But I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think of trauma as something like just really serious that right. movies don't quite achieve that same level, at least for mm-hmm.
1: me. It's it's weird because it's like I do like that movie Dream Home. Yeah, but and all the other stuff that happens, I'm just sitting there like, mm. you know, it's, it's like happening to people. But there's just, you know, I'm, I've I've never I've I've never been pregnant. You know, I'm not a pregnant woman. But I I could only imagine. You know, like, can you imagine? Like, it's just okay. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> I get you though. I get you. You empathize with this pain.
0: Yes. You know, that and Zina, that I mean, that's a good point, too. Like, if there's like a particular scene, yeah, like mm-hmm. that's really hard more than anything else. And you know, I think it things like the first time I saw the trailer for Human Centipede, I was like, Done, nope, not yeah. watching that. I saw the trailer, <laughs> like, just a flash of what was gonna happen. I'm like, No, forget yeah. it, ridiculous. Um, or even knowing what a Serbian film is about, mm-hmm. or Megan is missing, and being mm-hmm. like, No. Like, if I can read a Wikipedia page on it and think, can't do it, yeah. um, I mean, it's going to mess me up, probably. I think the only ones that I can think of off the top of my head that had, like, a lasting impression on me was one I spit on your grave. Oh, yeah. I saw that when I was, like, 16, and I didn't know what it was going to be about. Mm -hmm. And it's brutally graphic. And I was just like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm not happy about this. Um, I think I might have thrown the VHS away. Like, oh, wow. I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know if I want this around. Yeah. Like, this is bad. <laughs> That's fair. Um and then, and I talked about this last week, I think last week, is my odd traumatized reaction to birdhouse or bird box.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, because I refer to my son and daughter as boy and girl. <laughs> and so like I didn't necessarily it wasn't necessarily that as much as and spoilers i guess it's a few years old and a lot of people have seen it if you haven't seen bird Ho- or bird box fast forward 2 minutes you'll be fine the scene at the end on the river when mallory is deciding trying to decide who's going to like look that that uh girl actor is amazing because there's this look in her eye where she looks at mallory and she like without saying a word she's like I know you're going to choose me because you hate me. Oh. Like, there's just this little deflated look. Like, because she knows, like, because Mallory's never liked her. And it's the most heartbreaking thing, like, I've ever seen in movies. And I couldn't sleep at all that night. Oh. Normally, I sleep like a log. I lay down mm. and I'm out. And it messed me up so bad. I refused to watch it again. Um, but that's, like, my daddy heart. Like, I was fine watching horror movies before having kids. It changed so hard once I started, like, once I had, like, my son and then my daughter. I was just like, oh, this hits me so much different than I thought it would. Mm. Could not separate it like I wanted to. And on that positive note, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting (laughs) Podcast, everyone. For those of you who jump forward two minutes to avoid the spoilers, this is the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hello, hello. And you know her from her YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hello. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. If not, we're going to do our quick round the table for the movies, books, games, and anything else in the horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll help make you smile too. So Zena, what's been filling your heart this week?
1: So I checked out The Block Island Sound from 2020 on Netflix, A Fisherman's Family Encounters, Encounter horrors and dark truths when an ominous force off the coast of Block Island begins killing wildlife. So this is a super moody and mysterious movie. It kind of reminds me of uh, The Beach House and it feels very lovecrafty, you know? And um, if you're someone who likes like cosmic horror and like dark drama with realistic, realistic characters, I think that you'll enjoy this. So, um, I would think that, well, we, we all know this. Let's just be honest. It's hard to pull off like a Lovecraftian type of horror. You know, yeah. a lot of people, they have tried. Um, but the directors, they're actually two brothers. I feel, I really feel like they pulled it off. And um, no offense to the Beach House. <laughs> I kind of feel like the the Beach House um, was trying to do what this movie achieved. Oh, wow. So, um but yeah, uh, again, so they kind of have like a similar feel. It's it's kind of like you, you want more, but you're kind of still satisfied. So that's what I really enjoy about it. And then also with the main character, um, his name is Harry. Um, he has a lot of resentment and it's been built up over the last couple of years. He has two sisters that he feels re- like disregarded. And, like, they isolate him and stuff because he's the one that stayed on the island to take care of their father while, you know, the girls, they left the island and they're living their lives. And so, he he has a lot going on um, even before all this, like, sinister stuff start to happen. Like, he's an angry person. He's paranoid. But something I like about it, even though he's all those things, you still like him because he's trying to be a better person. So, you, like, appreciate it, you know? Um, and just on a personal note, I'm not from a small town, but when I first moved to Florida, I lived in a small town and yes, it was terrible because everything closed at five, which is insane. (laughs) Like what? But anyway, um, that was a rough four years, but you know what? It's, it's kind of like, I feel like they were able to capture perfectly the feel of a small town where, you know, a lot of people, they don't have. They don't always have a lot to do. They're used to certain routines, you know? So, um, but yeah, I, I, again, I really enjoyed it. I love when we would witness like, like truly horrific moments and then it'll just turn around and then it'll just become more of like emotionally crushing moments. So, but yeah, I I won't tell too much about it because I know, I mean, I really feel like I I spoke so much, but you know what, you guys are used to it. But because it's, like, super new, you know, I won't, you know, say anything, like, tell you about, like, my favorite scene. But it is a very shocking scene that's unexpected because it's there's a mystery along with it and you're trying to figure it out. And weird thing, too, I mean, obviously from the title, but the sound effects um in this movie, it's, like, it's really awesome. Like, seriously, just, like, bone chilling. So I nice. highly recommend it if you guys nah. haven't.
0: Nice.
1: Yeah. Um. Then the next one that I watched. Um. I wanted to go back to the eighties because you know. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> mm-hmm. I checked out Cameron's Closet, aka Cameron's Tara, from nineteen eighty nine on Amazon. A police detective's mind is linked with a boy's, which is linked with a killer demon living in the boy's closet. Very <laughs> interesting. To- yeah, he's preparing to take over the little boy. Um
0: Oh, that old story. <laughs> <laughs> it happens.
1: So I feel like this feels like a tales from the dark side episode and mm-hmm. the director um he actually directed about a couple like a couple of episodes from from the series. So that's pretty ah. really cool like a year before. Um oh, and he also directed He Knows You're Alone from 1980. So um, I, I would always see the poster for this movie but I've never watched it so this was like a first time and um, because it does feel like it's like tales from the dark side I know I always say this but I, I mean it this time it really is like a family friendly kid movie because <laughs> nothing nothing crazy happens you know they don't really take it like they kind of feels like a after school special type of thing. Ah, gotcha. So, but yeah, so there's like this little 10-year-old boy and he's adorable and he has like these uh, psychic, uh, psychokinetic powers and um, he's been trained by his father and and a professor so he can learn how to like use his powers more. Somehow, unintentionally though, you know, because you know something horrible has to happen, he brings a monster into the world and then the monster's just like hiding in his closet, like the other title. So, um, it is very dated, you know. Um, there's no gore. Again, it is very kid-friendly, but that's why I really liked it. I feel like I, if I would have checked this out as a kid, I would have been in love with it. Aww. I was always playing in closets for some reason. You know I mean? <laughs> I mean, oh, my God, I'm back in the closet. So, <laughs> so but, yeah, yeah. Um... Also, you know, there's a stepfather and his name is Bob and he's just mean for no reason. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. we just met him and he's just being snippy to the kid. Like he's, you know, like little kids, they, sometimes they do some weird stuff. Sometimes they talk to themselves. Like I said, I literally used to play in closets and, and under my bed. So, you know, you're, you're playing and he's just like getting upset. Like, gosh, Bob. But anyway, so <laughs> that's, uh that's what I watched. So there you go. What about you,
2: Megan? (laughs) It was a busy week. Uh, South by Southwest was last week, so I was watching uh, lots and lots of stuff. Um, Most of which you can find reviews on bloodydisgusting.com. But I wanted to talk about them. Uh, The first two episodes premiered at South by. It is coming, uh, the full season, or the first season is coming to Amazon Prime on April 9th. Highly, highly, highly recommend this. Like, holy rusted metal, Batman. Uh, <laughs> the plot for season one, which is subtitled Covenant, which is a reference to the racial covenants that were built into deeds back in the day, saying that, you know, people of color and Jewish people could not own property. Most of the time, the property owners and sellers didn't even know that these things were there. Uh, but anyways, so it opens with this really, really disturbing scene. And it's it's not even like this visceral moment. It's just kind of like a almost sedate like subdued scene with this woman left alone with her baby, the the mother, lucky Emery. She's got her baby boy, husband and two daughters have gone into town, and this older white woman strolls up on their rural property and she's just very menacing. And then she decides she wants the baby. And then next thing you know, the woman's waking up and the baby's gone. It's just the two daughters and the wife and husband, and they're trying to start a new life in Compton in the fifties when Compton was very, very white. And, uh, and it makes it clear like that this season is going to be kind of over 10 days. Um, And there's a lot of supernatural stuff that happens, but a lot of it is very psychological. Like these poor people have endured so much trauma before they even get to the main story. Um, And a lot of that unfolds in flashbacks. So there's this sustained high level of sustained intensity and unhinged anger. And it's all at the surface of what's happening. And it's just insane. Like it made me so stressed out and the supernatural (laughs) stuff only kind of dovetails towards the end. So a lot of it's just what they're enduring psychologically. Um, And I just had a pit in the in my stomach after these two episodes. So I am so excited to watch it, but I'm also very nervous of like what that's going to do to me on a stress level. Uh, Yeah. So I highly recommend it if it can sustain itself. I mean, it's hard to get a feel for a whole season based on two episodes, but it's off to a tremendous start. Um, Obviously it's easy to compare it to Lovecraft Country, but it's not uh, because I feel like, There's a lot less fantasy involved than there was in Lovecraft Country and Lovecraft Country had moments of levity, whereas this one does not. It's a pressure cooker with no release valve. So, yeah, (laughs) highly recommend. Very curious to hear what you guys think when you have a chance to check it out. And then um, another one from South By that I wanted to talk about is Off Season. Um, I don't think this one's been picked up for distribution yet. I wanted to talk about it because I did not get to review this one. This one was reviewed by another writer at Bloody Disgusting. It's uh, Mickey Keating's latest, if anybody has seen his other stuff like Pod or Carnage Park or Darling. Uh, The plot, it's uh, after receiving a mysterious letter, a woman travels to a desolate seaside island town... And soon becomes trapped in a nightmare. So it stars Jocelyn Donahue, who's in House of the Devil. It stars Jeremy Gardner, who is in The Yeah, a John favorite. And Richard Brake, who is always a scene stealer. Um, I saw early comparisons out of South By to Silent Hill, which I don't really feel like is accurate. Uh, to me, this is more in the vein of, like... Messiah of evil or sole survivor or dead and buried in that Mm. it's like this very strange, it's very heavy on atmosphere and light on plot to sustain it. You know, she goes to this town because her, she got noticed that her mother's grave had been robbed and her mother had never even wanted to be buried there in the first place because something's very wrong with this place. And, and you kind of get a good idea of why early on, but it's more about, She has nowhere to go. She's trapped. The locals are very off. Um, So, yeah, it's one of those things where I think will be divisive, depending on how on board you are with vibes and mood over plot. But it really worked for me. So, yeah, that's what I watched.
0: I watched Megan's pick for me, 2020's (laughs) His House on Netflix. A refugee couple makes a harrowing escape from war-torn South Sudan. But then they struggle to adjust to their new life in an English town that has an evil lurking beneath the surface. So why'd you pick it, Megan?
2: Uh, Because you needed it in your life. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Because it's it's one of those, it was one of the most talked about movies, especially in the latter half of last year. Uh, I think it's social commentary that isn't so heavy. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like when you talk about socially relevant movies, they tend to be way over heavy handed and it's not at all. Uh, I think it's accessible in a brilliant way, but it doesn't sacrifice the scares at all. And that's, that's what's most important to me. Like it's scary. So yeah, that's why I picked it.
0: This is one of the best horror movies ever made. (laughs) I, I can't, I I finished watching it, and I was literally in awe. And every—whatever way you want to look at this, if you want to look at it as social commentary, if you want to look at it from a stance of refugees trying to escape a war-torn place just for a better life for themselves, right. and then the struggles they approach, that's there. If you want to face just the concept of two peoples escaping a nightmare that they can't escape— it's there. If you want the haunted house aspect, it's there. If you want uh, supernatural aspects, if you want to get to the end and then just wonder like maybe possibly just like psychological aspects, like how much of this is real, how much of this is in their heads, how much is of what's going on is actually happening. It, it is gorgeously shot. Uh, some of the scenes, particularly the pull away from the dinner table, That if you've seen it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Is gorgeous. the The scene with glowing eyes. I'm not going to get deep into that. Is absolutely beautiful. The acting is just superb across the board. If you like Doctor Who, watch it because Matt Smith (laughs) is in. (laughs) Like, but it's just, it's it's multi. It's it's layered enough. It's layered enough that. You can watch it regardless of what you like in horror movies, and you can see it however you want to. It doesn't have to be social commentary, despite the fact that that exists. Right. And uh, because there's just this depth of of so much in the characters, and I mean, just what a beautiful way to create, we'll we'll say a haunted house atmosphere, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: without spoilers or giving anything away, of... Why don't they just leave the house?
2: They can't. can't? Yeah. Yeah. What
0: if you don't have an option? What Mm -hmm. if your option is going back to war? To a place that will kill you just because of the tribe you're in. And what they were willing to do to escape. It is so... I felt equal... I felt equal parts like joy and sadness at the end of it. Not because of the content itself, but because of what I just watched. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because either this director will never make anything this good again... Or it's the beginning of something amazing in horror. Yeah. Because it it attached it, it, it like attacked like the cliches and the tropes and turned them against like turned them on their head. Like it doesn't yeah. That's a thing and this is why. Like it gives you reasons and it gives you uh it was it was gorgeous. It was absolutely beautiful. Like I, I even liked it more than I liked anything for Jackson and I loved anything for Jackson. Aww it's oh my god it's so good
2: shout out and, to javier botet too because he he's yeah. one of the villains well one of uh-huh. the villains he, he's a figure in this but he's also yeah. a figure in them as well so
0: is he yeah awesome and if there are listeners out there that are like i'm tired of the social commentary. don't watch it and stop <laughs> listening to this It is an amazing horror movie. It's grounded in
2: the human condition, like it's it's emotional based. I mean, I I don't want to paint it as like it's got some messaging. It's not about a message. It's it's just this is a very human, emotionally Mm -hmm. driven story. So it it is. Yeah, it's
0: so much more heartfelt. But it is steeped
2: in history, or not so distant history. You know. So yeah, exactly.
0: It's. Beautiful, like beginning to end. That's thank you, Megan, because I don't know that I would have watched it on my own just because it's also a difficult thing to watch.
2: Yeah, thank it you. is hard, but thank you to Zena too because I, I beat her to the punch by it, like 30 seconds. So <laughs> it's fine.
1: Well, you know, um, and we kind of spoke about the, the director before, but uh, since you guys like really, if you really, ugh, what is happening? Since you really like the movie, His House. It's, it's not really the same, but it's still kind of creepy. Um, he has a short called Tickle Monster that's on Vimeo. And it's not what you think. Don't be fooled by that title. <laughs> I, <lost. laughs> I was I was so excited about it. Like, oh, this is going to be cute. No. <laughs> so it, it's, he's like really like he has such an eye.
2: Yes. So. Good deal.
0: Good warning. <laughs> <laughs> so on the other end of things, Xena's pick was 1991's Cast the Deadly Spell on HBO Max. In the fantastical 1940s, where magic is used by everyone, a hard-boiled detective investigates the theft of a mystical tome. All right, Zena, I think I know why you picked this one, but why don't you tell me why you picked this one?
1: I like made-for-TV movies, and uh, the world is pretty cool because magic just exists, and that's how it is. Plus, there's mystery, and it's kind of like the 1940s, like a detective type of movie, and it's fun, John. It's fun. So... (laughs)
0: Well, when I said the other end of things, I meant as far as like the weight of the content that I was watching mm-hmm. and a movie versus a made-for-TV movie. I mean, well, if it makes you feel better, this has been my favorite week of your of both of your picks. Oh. So <laughs> Cast the Deadly Spell. One, it reminded me very much of like a, a Tales from the Crypt ah. episode, um, because, probably because it's an HBO yeah. feature mm-hmm. and yeah. it just kind of had that feel from the, the early 90s. I love, like, detective noir, like, type movies, too, though. Like, there's just something about it. I have no idea why. Like, it, there must have been something I saw in my childhood, like some Humphrey Bogart movie or something that, <laughs> that got me to like it. But because it, it, it's equal parts cheesy and, like, the lines, you're like, nobody talks like that. But at the same time, it's a really charming and, and cute and funny thing to say. Like I wanted to start ordering bourbon, like the way Fred Ward orders bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a cast. It, it does. It has an amazing cast, and like Zena said, it's just fun. It was a fun watch for like all. I think I watched, I watched it before his house, and I kind of, I kind of wish I would would have done it the other way. Yeah, because like his house, light. as much as I loved it and was like in awe at the end, Castle like Deadly cleanser. Spell would have been like a little bit of, of a better palate cleanser.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: right. Uh, but it is fun. It's on HBO Max. If you like Old Tales from the Crypts, if you like Little Lovecraftian, Little Noir, Detective Noir, there's no reason not to watch it. It's will it be fun. Just, it is. It's just a fun, silly, like supernatural watch. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, the fact that Fred Ward's character is named H.P. Lovecraft <laughs> is a pretty good indication. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, it was a great pick and I never, I'd never heard of it. Even trying to find it on HBO max. Like I had to search, I'd like type in cast, uh, dead before it even wow. popped up. Yeah. So it was hidden deep. I don't even know what categories it was hidden under. <laughs> nice.
2: so it was a great pick. Thank Yay. you.
0: And then my last is actually a novel. And I was looking for, I was just randomly looking for some good haunted hi- house style books. And I found one on a list of the best horror novels of 2020 called Slade House, by David Mitchell, who I didn't realize at the time when I ordered it, he's also the writer of Cloud Atlas. Uh, He's written several things. Um, I won't do the voice for this. It's just longer. This is basically just from the back of the book. So, down the road from a working-class British pub, along the brick wall of a narrow alley, if the conditions are exactly right, you'll find the entrance to Slade House. A stranger will greet you by name and invite you inside. At first, you won't want to leave. Later, you'll find that you can't. Every nine years, the house's residents, an odd brother and sister, extend a unique invitation to someone who's different or lonely. A precocious teenager, a recently divorced policeman, a shy college student, but what really goes on inside Slade House? For those who find out, it's already too late. Whoa. Uh, Yeah, first of all, I this is a fast read. No. Even with my very slow reading capabilities um, and just kids i read this in like two and a half days nice you could if you had uh after like a a day clear just on a weekend i think you could tear through it it's like 230 pages very fast read uh the author is is english and he writes and he's written the book in a londoner's english so some of the vernacular is a little bit tough there's some cockney accent in it but it's really interesting and captivating because it keeps getting written in the first person from I think it's five different points of view or six different points of view, but on a timeline. It's really interesting. It's and it makes sense now in hindsight that he wrote Cloud Atlas, like writing something across like an expanse of time. But very, very like fast read, very, very, very well written. There's some really subtle character choices in there that I caught that I picked up on, especially with the boy at the beginning, that I just loved. Highly recommend if you're looking for just, uh, if you're looking for, a I won't call it a light read, but it's not a dense read, mm-hmm. and you're looking for a, kind of a twist on the haunted house aspect, highly recommend Slade House, S-L-A-D-E, House by David Mitchell. Nice. <sighs> okay, <sighs> before we move on, what did we watch and how do we watch it?
1: I watched Block Island Sound on Netflix and Cameron's Closet on um, Amazon.
2: I watched uh, Off Season at South By, does not have a release date yet. I'm sure we will update you as soon as it does. Uh, Them is, I watched the first two episodes of South By, but it's coming to Amazon Prime Video on April 9th.
0: And I watched 2020's His House on Netflix, 1991's Cast a Deadly Spell on HBO Max, and read 2020's Slade House by David Mitchell. So time to find out what we will be watching next week. So Megan, what am I watching this week?
2: I'm going to keep the Netflix train rolling for you uh, oh. and bounce back to comedy, horror comedies. Uh, we Summon the Darkness. Have you seen that Ooh. yet?
0: I think I have. Wait, what's it about?
2: It is <laughs> about, uh, it's it's I set said. in the 80s. Uh, Alexandra Daddario and Maddie Hassett. Oh, you know what?
0: I've only seen like the first 20 minutes. No, good. I need an excuse to finish it. I only well, got to the point when they got to the concert. Finish
2: perfect. it then. All right. Perfect. <laughs> nice.
0: Zina?
1: Okay, Megan inspired me. So I'm going to go to Netflix. Have you? Oh my God, but what have you seen it? Okay. Have you Uh seen Nightcrawler?
0: With Jake Gyllenhaal? Yes. No. I thought you were gonna be like yes. I was gonna say well watch it again. Okay. We'll no, see. I told you I barely ever watch Netflix anymore. So really, okay. you guys are you guys are making my my subscription worthwhile.
2: Yeah.
0: No, I've wanted to watch it because I hear he's pretty stunningly haunting. Re- yes.
2: Recommend that you watch mine after Xena's.
0: Fair. Okay, I will do that. Yes. No, it's I've been curious about it. That's one of those that always pops up on my recommend list, and I just kind of scroll past it. Yay. Um, no, good picks. Nice. So, We Summon the Darkness and Nightcrawler both on Netflix. Yeah. Enough of what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So, Megan, what's going on?
2: So, this one, I'm going to start out with a real quick one. Uh, WonderCon is returning to your living room this Friday and Saturday to deliver panels, exhibits, contests, and more. Um I guess it's an offshoot of Comic Con, so it will feature panels by Netflix, IDW's, DC Entertainment, Dark Horse, Adult Swim, Warner Brothers, TV, uh, Amazon Studios, CBS, Hulu, and AMC Shutter. Like everything, it's packed. Um, for the latter, for AMC slash Shutter, I'm moderating a, pa- a panel for Creep Show. Nice.
0: Um,
2: Yeah, it's a really, it's actually like more of a conversation. It's literally just, (laughs) I am having a conversation with showrunner and special makeup effects legend, Greg Nicotero. Wow. Awesome. Uh, Yeah. So if you are a fan of Creepshow, because season two is premiering April 1st and season three is premiering later this year. Uh I have a lot of cool teases that I get out of him for both seasons. So if you want nice. the scoop on season two and even season three, and he brought the creep. The creep is hanging out in the in his <laughs> office. So just fun. <laughs> if you're looking for some more, you know, horror-related entertainment, um, go to comic con.org. You can look at the WonderCon um schedule. There's a whole bunch of stuff. But yeah, Friday night, I think it's like 7 p.m. maybe. I don't know what time it is. So yeah, go there if you're interested. All right. Nice. So that was a quick one. Um, next, announced last year, uh, Fede Alvarez, you know, who direct- directed Don't Breathe and "Evil Dead. He's, we know that he's producing a feature film that will bring Texas Chainsaw Massacre back to the big screen. We've talked about it. Well, we've talked about the official website being launched for the upcoming movie. Uh, David Blue Garcia directed for Legendary and it was written by Chris Thomas Devlin, which was filmed last year. But mm-hmm. what's new about this is that uh speaking with the bloody disgusting podcast our sibling podcast the Brew, the Boo Crew Alvarez confirmed that the new movie is indeed a sequel, a direct sequel mm. to Toby Hooper's classic. Set nice. many okay. years yet yeah, set many years after the events of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre with Leatherface now a much older man. He's referred he referred to him as Old Man Leatherface. Uh mm. also in that same interview he re- He kind of confirmed what we probably suspected being that he gave us Evil Dead remake. Um, He said that everything is classic old school gags. A lot of the approach that we had with Evil Dead, never VFX to do anything on camera. It's very old school approach to filmmaking, vintage lenses. uh, He's trying to make it similar to the original film. So that came out that, you know, new Texas Chainsaw Massacre will feature Old Man Leatherface, but also uh, news broke that um, Mandy and Sea Fever actress Olwen Ferreira will be playing an older Sally Hardesty.
1: Yes, I was just going to ask about Sally.
2: Yeah, so (laughs) we are getting, because Marilyn Burns is no longer with us, I'm sure she would have been first option um, to play Sally Hardesty. But um, both pieces of news... Kind of make this movie seem more and more reminiscent of 2018's Halloween, which brings mm. up conversation of franchise continuity. Um, Because this clearly is going to go, I'm assuming it's going to ignore everything but the first film. And the first film kind of has some oddball all over the map continuity to begin with. So my question to you guys is how important are franchise continuities to you? Do you care... If it takes liberties in sequels, if it goes in directions, do you prefer a more streamlined continuity? Or how do you feel about this new trend of just kind of creating these bookend pieces that ignores everything in the middle?
1: Well, I kind of like that they ignore everything in the middle because it does, it gets a little bit wonky, you know, Texas, what was it? Texas Chainsaw 3D. Do your thing. Cause, you know, so it's just kind of like, I'm excited to see, you know, where they're going to take it because, in some ways, I feel like with those ones in between, no offense, not saying that they were bad or anything like that. I feel like it just kind of lost the original touch. Okay, so you know, I I, I want to be freaked out. I wasn't freaked out, you know, with the ones in between, um, even with you know, the original Texas changed. So I don't know about you guys, but that's the kind of movie where I can't watch that one too often. It's different from I know it's completely different from a text from a Friday the 13th. But right. that one I can keep watching over and over. But that one, that original one, that's like every five years,
2: you
0: know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, did it traumatize you?
1: No, it's just kind of makes me <laughs> <laughs> Uh
0: I, you know, as a person who watched on St. Patrick's Day this week, both Halloween 3 and Halloween, or not Halloween 3, uh, Leprechaun 3 and Leprechaun in Space, <laughs> I don't mind getting rid of the middle One fair (laughs) uh you know because especially older franchises it's really difficult and horror to stick with continuity because of rights changed and direct-to-video happened and people were just churning out content to create them they didn't have big studio backing they didn't necessarily care about their own continuity they were just creating a sequel they just wanted to create another property Mm -hmm. so creating bookends doesn't really bother me that much uh you know like as much as i love friday the 13th it it wouldn't make that much of a difference to me if friday the 13th like the reboot had wiped out everything after friday the 13th part one which it kind of did yeah but it's like okay that doesn't that's fine they still exist like if people don't want to watch them it doesn't change anything Mm -hmm. i mean if You know, like, Laurie Strode's daughter suddenly never appears again. It's like, okay, that's weird, admittedly. But, you know, I I think if you create a movie that can stand on its own two feet with nothing more than maybe even references to the original, Mm -hmm. like, the Halloween remake kind of does. You know, like, they do enough exposition that you don't need to have seen the first Halloween movie. Right. And I think if you do it right, it doesn't make any difference. So, you know, as, as a person who knows this co- continuity errors and shows like Friends, <laughs> it doesn't bother me if a movie does it. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. There's so much time in between them. They're not hiring the same writers more often than not. Someone has a better idea. Director has a different idea. Studio interference. Everything that happens. I'm just, I just, more than anything, I just hope that they treat the subject matter well. That they don't just kind of make it just for the sake of making it.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I I think it's interesting when you look at the horror, the major horror franchises as a whole, because you got Chucky, who actually has the strongest continuity, even if you don't like where it's gone. I mean, that's a yeah. cohesive story throughout. I think Friday the 13th starts with continuity, and then just kind of, here's, you know, things that kind of connect it, but it stands, you don't need, you can watch them out of order. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. Freddy Krueger is a little bit different. I think it's a little more caring of continuity, but I think you could still watch a lot of them out of order and it doesn't matter. Um, So I don't know. I think that Halloween 2018 sparked a similar thing where it's a new style of sequel in horror franchises. It's like we've done the prequels, we've done the sequels and Texas Chainsaw Massacre probably has one of the more wonkier Quote unquote continuity is out of all of them. I mean, they have gone uh-huh. all over the place, all over the place. So I think 3D, like Zena mentioned, was the first to, to kind of attempt to harken back to the original and do what 2018 Halloween did successfully. Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D did not do that as well yeah. at all. <laughs> Starting um, with age. <laughs> her age, she was supposed to be in her 40s, and here she is, like 25 year old Alexander Denario or whatever. Um, but yeah, yeah so. Very interesting to see where this is going. I I mean, I was kind of on board with with a lot of what they were saying before we got to this news. But yeah, I do like the actress that they have playing Sally Hardesty. Um, and if you did not get a chance to do South by Southwest, uh, here's a little bit of fun news that you can check out now. Um, one of the more popular horror shorts out of South by uh, was Don't Peek. A, it's like five or six minutes long, and it introduced the Zozo Creepypasta by way of Nintendo Switch's Animal Crossing. It was directed by Julian Terry. So that was one of the more popular shorts. News broke during the festival that Timur mambatov who produced Profile and the Unfriended series, is set to transform it into a full-length feature adaptation. Like, he's going to produce it. Um, and... Julian Terry actually produced, he made this short last year during quarantine, uploaded it to YouTube before it got accepted to South by meaning that if you want to check it out now, you can, you can go straight to YouTube, search for dope peak short and it'll pop up and it is super creepy and I'm very curious to see how that would translate because this happens fairly often in horror where there will be a really punchy kind of horror short that will get translated like that's how oh. how don't lights out happen lights out mm-hmm. started as a short you know so you you do a really good short goes viral you could turn that you could get that turned into a feature adaptation But I like the idea of exploring more creepypastas. Like, it is a really creepy, cool way to use technology um, to introduce a creepypasta. But I do think that Zozo Creepypasta could use more kind of mainstream uh, storytelling. And then uh, A24's False Positive is coming to Hulu this summer exclusively on June 25th. uh, Which means that with that news comes First Images which you can check out on Bloody Disgusting, as per usual. It stars uh, Broad City's Alana Glazer alongside Justin Theroux and Pierce Brosnan. The plot, after months of trying and failing to get pregnant, Lucy and Adrian finally find their dream fertility doctor in the illustrious Dr. Hindle. But after becoming pregnant, with a healthy baby girl, Lucy begins to notice something sinister through his gleaming charm and sets out to uncover the unsettling truth about her doctor and her own birth story, as if getting comp- uh, pregnant weren't complicated enough. Does the mere mention of A24 make this an instant watch for you? I mean, A24 is one mm. of those brands that, that has a lot of devotion, so I'm curious where you guys fall on the A24 branding.
0: Um, it- about the same as Blumhouse. It's not a guarantee, but it'll pique my interest if they're involved.
2: I'm curious cause Zina's face is <laughs> yes. she is not having it.
1: I'm open to it, but honestly, it's just sometimes with some A twenty four movies they're just not for me. You know? Yeah. I, I don't I don't think I'm their their target. So Is it like sometimes, the more artsier
2: you know, stuff or?
1: It, it's weird because I did like, I didn't mind St. Maud, you know? Uh, I yeah. thought it was pretty, especially like the ending, like, whoa, right? But yeah. some, of, some of the other stuff, like, it, it's a hit and miss sometimes. So I'm open to it.
2: Um, I'm open to it. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> I'm curious because it's Hulu. Like, the plot kind of sounds like your standard pregnancy thriller. Mm-hmm. So the a 24 gives me a hope that it will be something new, especially because you've got. You know Alana, involved, who is more known for comedy, but we'll see. I'm with Zena I'm, I'm on this one, essentially. Like, eh, we'll see. Yeah, I do think it's interesting that they've teamed up with Hulu, so it's definitely worth and, mentioning.
1: And I, I did hear like people are comparing it to
2: Rosemary's Baby,
1: so but I almost
2: feel like that's the default. You know, when you it's think of true. pregnancy thriller type scenario, the default, like the, the high bar is always Rosemary's baby. I'm ready for something new. Like I love Rosemary's baby, but Mm -hmm. how many times are we going to tell that story? I agree. So we'll, we'll find out this summer. (laughs) Um, and I also am going to mention another one we've talked about, which is the Resident Evil movie. The Resident Evil reboot, uh, officially got a title, which is Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. Which kind of sounds like it should be a parody of a Guns N' Roses song. That's a whole other... <laughs> uh, but yeah, according to director Johannes Roberts, he, re- it would, he had, I guess, there was a South by Southwest online event and this was reported on by IGN. That's what the title is going to be, and in that interview with IGN, Robert said that he wanted to focus on the tone of the film. The thing I loved about the games is that they were just scary as hell, and they were very much, that's what I wanted. That atmosphere, it's rain, it's constantly dark, it's creepy. Raccoon City is this kind of rotten character in the movie, that sort of atmosphere in the games I wanted to put out into the film. So mm-hmm. he said he drew inspiration from John Carpenter's Assault on Precinct 13 and The Fog in terms of getting the feel for his movie. He's a huge John Carpenter fan, and he really took to that, which obviously makes sense if we've seen Strangers Pray at Night mm-hmm. because he he went Carpenter for that, too, which I'm not complaining. That's not a complaint. So um, we've talked about this, this movie before, but as a refresher, it's coming to theaters uh, September 3rd um it the cast includes Caius scoladario who is in crawl hannah john cammon robbie amel tom hopper neil mcdonough it will take place in the year 1998 and will tell the events of raccoon city being under siege from zombies uh and if you're a fan of the games look for spencer mansion and the police station to appear i am a super fan of the games so i am very excited to see this go to its horror roots. And I also thought it was worth mentioning because this week is the 25th anniversary of the very original PlayStation games. So, hooray! Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know how you guys feel about the title at all or the John Carpenter comparison. Or if you even have any affiliation or, or uh, affinity for the games.
1: I'm not a, a crazy fan like you. Like, I've, I've played them and stuff. But I'm happy that they are going back to their original roots. You know, with it being scary.
2: Yes. Because
1: sometimes with the Resident Evil movie, like, the franchise, you know, especially, like, after the first one for me, it was kind of a little bit wonky. Oh, you know? silly. Um, That's another yeah. one
2: where continuity is horrible. Yeah. <laughs>
1: John?
0: I've never played the games. I tried playing a new one that I downloaded for PS4 because I'd never played it before. I'm like, I'll give this a shot. It was, like, the whatever the trial version or whatever it was like making me invent stuff and like mix stuff together i'm like this is too complicated. Oh,
2: I yeah. to <laughs> so i gave stuff. up almost
0: immediately <laughs> and honestly like i i don't i think it's a weird name i think they could have gotten away with just calling it resident evil because
2: they could have the i mean anyway. i i can see why you would want to because it is confusing when you're talking about 2018's halloween that you are you have to mention the year so you're not Referring to 1978, so I do think they should have done something to tweak it. From was it 2001 that the first one came out, or 2002, somewhere around there. Somewhere. Like you needed something to differentiate it from the original attempt like adaptation. But welcome well, they could to have called
0: it Raccoon City.
2: Raccoon City just sounds like a cartoon, though
0: it does. Oh, see, like they're in a weird. It's a weird space. Like they can't win, no matter yeah. what. Yeah, I don't
2: it. know what you do, Resident Evil. I'm of... scary. I don't know
1: title again like I, I keep saying it but i feel like they're just going back to the original roots and it's just like yeah even you've never played the game or you've never you know watched any of the movies it's just like this is that's like the starting point type of thing you know
2: i don't know, yeah right. well i just hear axel rose welcome to the jungle <laughs> whatever i read it but that's that's probably just to me thing
0: well it is a really appealing song when his version of paradise is that grass is the color it's supposed to be. And women are attractive. (laughs) I mean, that's a high standard for paradise city, isn't it? Green grass. All right, listeners, your turn. Excited for more from A24. Don't want continuity in your horror? Let's hear about it. The number is 224 475 1040. The number is also in the show notes. If phones aren't your jam, don't worry. If you don't want to call us and have your voice on the air or international rates are messing with you, please feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com or keep an eye on our social media accounts for chances to ask questions. Finally, Zena is going to make all our lives easier in the ceo horror movie options and clue us in on what we should be watching. So, Zena, what should we be watching?
1: So, coming out on Thursday. Thursday the 25th violation will be on shutter and I was so jealous because Megan received ice cream from shutter. So I, I did.
0: What? Know. I want ice cream?
2: <laughs> you, what you flavor? Can, would
1: tell us about
0: it.
2: I think that you should definitely watch violation and tell me what you think about ice cream then. Um but it it is it's vanilla with chocolate chip. It's chocolate Ooh. chip vanilla ice cream. Yeah. But Ice Cream plays a very, very kind of twisted purpose in in this movie. So it's a very dastardly mailer that they came up with. So good job, (laughs) Shudder. All right. Well,
1: Violation follows a troubled woman on the edge of divorce who returns home um, to her younger sister after years apart. But when her sister and brother-in-law betray her trust, she embarks on a vicious crusade of revenge. So again, that's coming out on Shudder this Thursday. And then on Friday, the 26th, we have three movies. The first one, Into the Dark, uh, Blood Moon on Hulu. So this is the season finale of the Into the Dark series. It's their season two. Um... And if you don't know about Into the Dark, it's kind of like an ongoing series, um, which serves on Hulu and viewers, you know, they get a new movie every single month. And this is from Blumhouse. So this one, I mean, obviously, it sounds like it's going to be werewolves. I mean, who knows? But this one focuses on um, a woman named Esme and her 10 year old son named Luna. And that's a spicy name who moved to a small desert town, you know, looking for a fresh start, not trying to attack, uh, attract attention. But then you know that they are gonna attract attention, and uh, yeah. So then they begin to battle. Well, Esme begins to battle to protect her son and keeping their terrifying secret a secret before the next full moon. So, I wish I could howl. I would have included that. Oh, do I a cute
2: can't. baby howl. Uh, it's just <laughs> I
1: love it. I love it. Okay, so then next we're
0: up... adding that to the intro music.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that that should be our thing. I think we we should all like how a ba- baby instead style. of a
0: instead of a beat before our calls, it's gonna be Zena going. Oh. <laughs> oh,
1: look at her! Look at her wolf pack. <laughs> okay, so then also coming out on Friday, the toll will be available on VOD. A rideshare driver and a young woman encounter supernatural being after their car breaks down on a dark forest road. And then last, uh, coming out on Friday, The Arbors. It'll be on VOD as well. A reclusive locksmith's life takes an unsettling turn after finding a strange small creature forming a mysterious connection with it. That sounds pretty spicy. And of course, you know, Bloody Disgusting TV, please. It's your friend. It'll be your
2: friend to the end, Heidi Ho. Yes.
0: And that's the Bloody Disgusting podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at BloodyDisgusting.com and on Twitter at HauntedMeg. Xena can be found on our own site, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at Xena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror Nation podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at bedisgustingpod. And on Facebook somewhere.
1: Bloody Disgusting Podcast!
0: There you go. At, or <laughs> drop us an email at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. And for even more content and rewards, check us out on patreon.com slash bedisgustingpod. So for this week, I'm John.
1: I'm Megan. I'm Zena.
0: Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody.